Welcome to CamdenCast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is, oh my god, episode 20. Yes, this is, uh, in this episode of CamdenCast, we'll be covering season one, episode 20 of Seventh Heaven. The title of the episode is Say Goodbye. And the Google summary is, Matt becomes uncomfortable when Annie's friend makes a pass at him. Mary makes her singing debut. Lucy loses her best friend. Now, let's all just remember that. Lucy's best friend was just introduced like a few like three or four episodes ago, and clearly just as a plot device to... She was introduced to be taken away. She was introduced to put angst into Lucy's life. Which she needs no more of, but we'll get into that later. Um, so what was your first impression of this episode? There were so many things wrong with everything in this episode. Um, I just... I think the last, like, last half of this episode was me just, like, frustratingly pulling my hair out, really. Yes. And Aaron then, can attest to that. And then one very shocking <laughs> revelation. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't know. Like, it's good in that it's crazy, but it's also horrible in that it's horrible. It's, it's like, yeah, the, the way that they, every, all the dialogue is wrong. Every, uh, Everything they say is wrong. And, like, the double standards at play are crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so let's just get into it. Um, so the cold open. It starts with... Uh, the phone ringing. Yes, and we find out that Annie's maiden name is Jackson. Yeah. I forget her father's name, but... What, we, we also had her middle name, Annie Mae Jackson, right? Is yeah, that it? Yeah, but what was... What was the father's name? I forget. Oh, I wanted to put his name together. Well, whatever. He, he, he's coming back soon, so. Um, and she gets a phone call, and we learn that it is her friend, Rachel, from high school, who is played by Leanne Hunley. Yes. Uh, Leanne Hunley, who you might know from other WB shows, such as Dawson's Creek and Gilmore Girls. And uh, shocker, shocker, she plays literally the same character from Dawson's Creek, Tamara Jacobs, a.k.a. Tammy, um, as she does in this show in which she has a... Well, well, well yeah, yeah. Okay. so, so she, she has a... What, what's the plot line? What does she do in Dawson's Creek? Oh, um, she's an English teacher that ends up, like, having an affair with Pacey. Yeah, and on Gilmore Girls, she plays Shira Huntsberger, so it's Logan's mother, and... I only know that from, like, I haven't seen, I don't know anything about Logan's mother. But I know that that's who she was, so. Um, that's where you'll recognize her from. Yeah, so uh, she's just letting Annie know that she is in town. Well, she says, she's that moved back. Yeah. She says that she's divorced again. And Annie's like, oh, what city are you in now? Uh, Paris, New York, Chicago? She's like, no, actually, I've moved to Glen Oak. So she's moved into an apartment to, in Glen Oak. Um, and then she says what street it's on, and Annie's like, that's right near our street. house. Um, and she's like, oh, I planned it that way, or something yeah. weird like that. Um, and we kind of get the idea that they haven't seen each other in a while. And then in the cold open, we also get the start of like what's this very s- silly, stupid plot line. And Ruthie is watching TV. With Huey. And Simon comes in and starts changing all the channels, and then he finally sits down on the couch. Yeah, on top of Huey. And then, well, okay. We haven't ever talked about Huey before. I thought we've definitely talked about Huey okay. before. So then Ruthie starts screaming, and she's like, yo, this is why Annie's on the phone. So she gets to turn around and be totally shocked by this scream. And she's like, what happened? And Ruthie's like, oh, Simon sat on Huey, and now he's dead? Isn't that what she's... No, he's like, now he's going gone away. He's gone. He's disappeared. Yeah, he's like leaving. He, he's so angry, he just can't be in the Camden house anymore. So Huey it, leaves. It's uh, surprising it took this long for Huey to leave. Yeah. So, the ne- all I have when we come back from the cold open is that Annie, the doorbell rings, and Annie, well, oh. the first Annie comes into the kitchen, and she's in some kind of outfit, like she's going, it looks like she's going out clubbing or something, I don't know, and... But, like, clubbing for, like, AARP, not like... Yeah, oh, yeah, not, like, <laughs> actually clubbing, um, going to, like, a... 40 and over club, if those exist. Um, so, I don't know, the Rev says something about her, like, looking hot, and he's, he said, um... Oh, he's like, he maybe I should go with you. Yeah, and Annie just holds up her, her, ring, ring? Ring, her, her finger with her, 
wedding and engagement ring on it. And he's like, oh, that'll do. And it's a good thing they got those rings back from that lady otherwise, at the hardware store. Yeah, otherwise she would definitely get hit on all the time. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that. that's the world we're living in. <laughs> <laughs> Seven in Glen Oak. Um, and then the doorbell rings. And Matt gets the door. And Rachel's there. And Rachel's like, Eric? It's like, no, I'm... Uh, I'm the eldest. I'm yeah, Matt. Matt. I'm her son. Uh, and then I just, she reaches us like something inappropriate about I don't know the way he looks or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, and then Annie um, enters the scene, but not she was just in the kitchen, but she enters it from like the where the stairs are that right. come down from like leading to the front door and she just very loudly and kind of inex- like I don't know who she was expecting cuz she just yells Rachel and <laughs> it's, I, I yes. was alarmed. Yes, it was very scary. She screams like a little girl Not and then, like she's excited to see her though. No, like, like, she's like what kind, are you doing here? Yeah, like she's kind of terrified. And they hug and they squeal because they haven't seen each other in so long. And then miraculously all of the children are gathered right at all the front in a door. line. And so she introduces um the rev first and like, oh god, oh god. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. Another, another recurring thing in the strange world of Glen Oak, where everybody thinks that the Rev he's is like, like a hot commodity. Yeah, like he's like some sort of hubba 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 kind of person, but he's really not. Um, anyway, yes, yeah, he's like, oh, I understand, like why you're happy. Um, and then he also intru- she also introduces all of the kids. Um, and she says something about something really inappropriate to like Matt and Mary about them needing to look out and Lucy. Oh, for for basically the three eldest to to look out for her for a husband because like three's her lucky number. She's had two already, so three must be it. So then Ruthie has a great line and goes, "You don't have a daddy at your house." And immediately, obviously, both of us thought of you know. Daddy. Like sugar daddy, because that's where our brains go. <laughs> so it's just a weird way to say, like, you're you not married. married you're, right. Yeah, you don't have a husband. You don't have a daddy at your house. He's like, no, no, I don't. Um, I, I'm sure I'm sure she wishes she does, though, because that just seems like the character that Rachel is. Uh, so Rachel and Annie go out. Oh, but before that happens, um, Suzanne shows up at the door. Really? I don't remember. Oh, wait, did I not? Maybe I wrote that no, down. No, I don't oh, think so. Oh, no, no, so. actually, you're right. I'm so, wait, so what? The, so there's one thing about this is that they, before they leave to go out, um, they say something about, like, who's going to drive, and Rachel is like, oh, I don't have a car. Um, I, I rented my apartment because it was within walking distance of your house, which, again, seems like a strange thing to, like, move back to Glen Oak so I could live within walking distance of your house. Well, that's the thing. That's my question. So did I don't think Annie went to high school in Glen Oak, right? So they probably went to high school. Yeah, where her family's from Arizona. Well, her parents are live in Arizona. Arizona. I don't but, know like, if- presumably that's where her family's maybe from. But, like, Glen Oak is where everybody ended up. It's not where they grew up. So she, like, has planned her entire life. Around the Camden family. Around the Camden family. And around specifically Annie. And it's not even like she knew that Annie had, like, a good-looking older son that she could, like, potentially hit on. And it also seems like they haven't been in touch, like, like, in a while. It seems like they're catching up for years, like... Years of, of missed time, so... Because at dinner, they're talking about every like what their lives are like since college, so they haven't seen each other since high school, which then brings me up my question as to how Rachel found her in the first place. <laughs> like, like... Just the same way the Rev finds everyone when he needs to find out where they live. I don't know. It's all very, <laughs> it's like... All very contrived because, way like, of... Yeah, even, yeah. Right, even in this day and age, if I was looking for somebody I knew in high school, like, there's no Facebook. I don't, like... Right? Like, what yeah. am I supposed to Google? Where is Annie Camden? Maybe. I think... Well, I do think at a certain... Like, the way they used to do, like, keeping in touch with classmates would be, like, at reunions, people would put their information into, like, you know, a book or something that might get sent to, you know, if they have current addresses for all of the alumni. So, you know, Annie Camden probably goes to every single, like, right 10, range. 20, 30, you know. Right. She goes to all of her high school reunions, I'm sure, so... Maybe they just had updated information well, for her. The other thing was she called her Annie Jackson, which might which brings me to like the point that she maybe she doesn't know like that she's Camden now. Well, I think maybe she doesn't introduce who she is. She's like, Oh, Annie Jackson or whatever. I think it's meant to be like a high oh, school right. like being played you know, uh, calling back to 
that those times back in the day. So they at dinner they have this conversation about where like she talks about the problems with her ex-husbands um, and wh- how she never like got to go to college really because they were controlling and that was okay with her I guess. And then Annie, <laughs> she's like, oh. Annie, I can't believe you have five kids or whatever, but you finished your college degree before you got married, right? And Annie says that she finished her degree in five years because she changed her major so much. And then she lists her majors, which were business, English literature, arts, home ec, which when was that ever ever, a... Maybe in the time... The 20s. Yeah, (laughs) maybe in the time when Annie was supposed to be going to college, it was. And then... Then it was theology, and then she went back to business. So Annie has a business degree, which I think is why we're supposed to be like, oh, of course she's the church treasurer or something. But I guess it makes sense with her character, because English Lit, we know, is something she shares in common with Matt. Um, theology, I guess, is when she met the Rev. I don't know. And Homek, you know, she's just pretty much the homemaker now for the Camden family. So it all makes sense, except for I, well, arts. I don't see the difference between arts and English literature. <laughs> Um, I the next thing I have written down is Suzanne just like walking through Lucy's bedroom door. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. There's no like intro or like oh Suzanne's coming over. She just shows up, and she's like, guess what? My mom is interviewing. Oh, okay. Here's another thing. Her- my, my dad. My dad's been great. She says something about my dad's been so great since your dad talked to him. He found my mom like a job or got her an interview at some car dealership. And this car dealership also has a side program that it lets you go to college while you're working at this car dealership. And what car car dealership does that? Like, come on. They they don't. That's the. And like her parents were at each other's throats before. Right. Like they- he. He wouldn't even, he was like, oh, my, my ex-wife is influencing my daughter. And now all of a sudden, like, every sentence out of Suzanne's mouth in this episode it's is like, my, mo- yeah, her dad my, is. my dad's helping my mom, my mom's with my dad, they're helping each other, oh my god. It's like they're married again. Yeah, yeah, they basically. basically are, but again, he, well, so, they're all excited, and, and then she's like, oh, it'll be great, I can study with my mom. And Lucy's like, but you'll still study with me, right? Because and then, everything's about Lucy. And then Suzanne says... Well, yeah, because when I'm with my mom, I'm actually going to have to study. But with you, we can just talk about boys, which comes back to haunt Lucy. <laughs> Later in the episode. This is the big revelation. Um, revelation. Revelation. Um, the, I think there's a scene then where, like, Matt and Mary are playing basketball, and Matt's, like, super invested in making no, sure— No, they're at school. No, this is before that. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, yeah, they're weirdly invested in setting— I just wrote down that it, it's— um, High school kids should not be setting up adults and that it's wildly inappropriate. And they kind of suggest that they want to set her up with Mary's basketball coach. Coach Mayfield. Coach Mayfield. Um, And they, like, and I'm like, why is, yeah, why are you so invested in this? And they have, like, a basketball shoot-off to, like, figure out who. Who's going to set her up or something. And Mary loses. Um, There's. Which also seems unlikely and yep. improbable given what we know about especially because like in the last episode uh, we didn't mention this in the last episode but when uh julie and mary are talking about like life updates mary's like oh i have the highest something in basketball for this uh, in the team blah 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 she's like super talented um so why would she lose to her brother yeah who does not seem to other than playing with her in the backyard have any other like time where he's playing basketball we also have a scene here um around the same time uh where the rev and lucy and suzanne are talking and lucy's talking about how suzanne uh, well they're talking about like this new car dealership thing and yeah and it's, it's northern honda and the, that kind of the rev knows where that is and he's like oh so you're moving and this is kind of like and suzanne's like jaw drops yeah yeah and so she's like, wait, no, I need to figure out what's happening. I should probably go. And this is when Matt comes in. He's like, oh, let me drive you home because I'm, I'm driving Rachel, Rachel home too. Cause no, he, no, he's, he just says, no. Oh, oh I'm driving, he, yeah, yeah, you're he right. He says, right. I'm going to drive you home now um, because, and like Lucy's like, oh, can't she stay a little later? And he's like, I have studying to do later. I want to go now. And then Suzanne is like, okay, no, you know what? No, it's fine. I don't want to stay. Um, so you just, you just screwed up that entire yes. scene. Sorry, my bad. Um, no, you're right. But you're she's, right. she's like, no, I, I, I want to go home because I want to talk to my mom about, like, where this dealership is and if we're going to have to move. Um, and as they are walking out the front door, um, Annie and Rachel return from their dinner, and um, Rachel sees that Matt is, is going with Suzanne, 
And Rachel, despite living in walking distance, says, like, oh, if you're going to bring Suzanne home, like, take, you know, I'm not going to come. She was going to come in for coffee or something. And she's like, no, never mind. I'll just go with Matt. Um, well, she says, like, skip the coffee. She says, catching up with you over dinner was exhausting. So she needs to leave, <laughs> which is kind of really insulting to Annie. Like, And also, why didn't Annie drop, like, oh, I guess. What if she was really exhausted? She could have said, "Annie, drop me at yeah. home. You know it's been great. I'll see you another time." Well, clearly, this was all part of her plan to get Matt alone, yeah. as we'll later find out. But um, we have like an in-between scene here where, like, obviously the Rev and Annie need to have some alone time. Um, I guess the Rev's talking about like. Well, it's, it's immediately after once everybody right. leaves and like Lucy goes up to her bedroom. Um, they're like making out because right. they were apart for presumably like two-ish hours, and they just. Couldn't stop thinking so about in each love. other, um, and yeah, yeah and the, then and then the rev just says something about like Rachel strikes me as boy crazy, <laughs> and then he's like, "Why do you think we were friends? We, why do you think we were such good friends? We were best friends." Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I guess Annie was boy crazy, and the rev was some sort of hunk. Like that's like the, the backstory we're getting here, and they still are. Yeah. Like people still are falling over themselves every time the Camdens go anywhere, which is ridiculous. Uh, but then we get to, like, the crux of this episode, which is, for some reason, Matt has chosen to walk Rachel to her door. I'm assuming they've... Which... <laughs> it's just, like, unreasonable. Yeah, but also... She's the, a grown-ass woman. Also, if she lived so close, presumably... She would have been dropped the off first, first. And then Suzanne would have been dropped off. Because remember, Suzanne lives... In the rough part of town, town still, yeah. Or maybe not anymore because they're, they're, no, they're no, so close. But they like, haven't, you know, they, they, don't have, they don't have the money yet. I think she's still presumed that she's living right? so in like, the rough part of town. So that's like continuity error there. But he's walked her to her door. She's having issues like finding her keys. She drops her keys. They both bend down. And, and then, of course a classic like start to come up from, you know, being mm-hmm. on the ground and their eyes meet and... And, like, she leans in to kiss yeah. him and he, like, backs away. And he jumps up and... And then she's like, is it because I'm old or is it because I'm your mom's, like, be- best friend? She's like, oh, because you're my mom's friend. It's like, oh, you would... Oh, good answer. So, like, he, she basically says, okay, well, I'm taking you out tomorrow night to see a band. Yeah, she's like, oh, oh, good, it's a date, like, then tomorrow, so... Which is ridiculous. This woman is Annie's age, so, like, in her 40s at least... And Matt is, remember, 17 years old. Yes. And then just one side note. This comes up later. Matt is now 17. He started at 16. Um, Lucy started the season being 12, and now we watched her birthday. Um, and I think it's implied that Simon has it, also aged. He's 11 now. Yeah, but Mary is still 14 for some reason. Yeah. Maybe she has a summer birthday. I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but everybody else, I think has aged except for Mary, which seems odd. Um, because I don't know, it's getting a little little late, you know, she's gonna she, but, I guess we'll see what happens. Anyway. Um the next thing I have happening is um why is Lucy making Suzanne lunch? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, Lucy is like getting ready, you know, ready to go to school and, and Annie's got, you know, doing doing getting the lunches ready. And for some reason Lucy asks Annie to make an extra lunch for Suzanne, which we, you know, we get the idea she's, live, you know, money's tight at her house and stuff, but never before was it like, obviously Suzanne was hiding the fact that her family didn't have a lot of money. So is this like a thing? Why is Lucy bringing Suzanne lunch? I don't understand. Although um, this is like, I did say that this is like a recurring thing because in future episodes, different children... Um, bring different, like, bring lunch to their classmates who are, I don't know, down on their luck. <laughs> it's just so patronizing, it seems. Um, but this, like, leads to a conversation about how if Suzanne moves, it'll ruin her life. Shh, the words out of her mouth are, she can't move, it'll ruin my life. And she, like... Despite t- the fact that everything will be the same, Lucy will live in the same house, go to the same school... Um, she talks about how um, Suzanne has like multiple like multiple times saved her uh, relationship with Jimmy Moon, um, and how like she's such an important important part of her life. Yeah, and she said like she was like oh, oh um, I used I, I'll with in in regards to Jimmy Moon she's like oh I have time to bounce things off of Suzanne and before it was just. Um, I was just bouncing them off of Mary, and we called that our rough period. So again, the show doesn't even try to pretend that 
Lucy and Suzanne were friends before, right. like, three episodes ago. they just instant best friends, but in the first half of the season, she didn't, she didn't even know this girl, but Mary was her only friend, apparently. <laughs> and, like, also in that scene, uh, because... Rachel has nothing better to do with her life, and her entire life revolves around the Camden. She's having breakfast with the Camdens. Oh, yeah, that was super strange. <laughs> and she's like, says that she's taking Matt with her to go see a band, and they're really, if like the parents are really iffy about it, but she's like, oh, don't worry, it's not at a bar, it's at a coffee house. And then Mary's like, can I come too? And Matt's. Yeah, before Ra- like, Rachel starts to make a face, and then Matt's like, that's a great idea. Which. I'm going to say just now is really contrary to, like, the way that they play Matt out for the rest of this episode. Like, I think he's, like, character flips a lot. Because, like, well, I guess... I we- feel like he might have thought in the beginning, like, oh... Also, it's super... Str- maybe he just thought that was, like, going to cover his tracks. Like, oh, it, I guess that makes sense. Because it, it would be super strange for just the two of them to right, go. Right, yeah, yeah. It would really look like a date then. So maybe he just wanted to... Be like, oh, it's going to be the three of us. It's not, you know, it's right, like right. we're going with our cool aunt, not like I'm going that on a date. That makes sense. Okay. I, just, I read it as something different. No, that makes that makes more, more sense. Um, the next thing I have written down is that they're at school, uh, is that Lucy's at school, um, and she, and like Suzanne's not there because they're taking the attendance role. And, uh, and they, wait, there's this weird shot yeah, to the exactly. two lunches that, that Lucy still has in her possession because Suzanne is not there. So yeah. And their lunch, their lunch bags on the floor. Who keeps their lunch bags on the floor? It's food. We, we shouldn't put food on the floor. And I know. Presumably everything is wrapped, and it's in the bag, and then it's wrapped. I guess if that's fair, but I don't you know. know. Maybe she doesn't have room in her backpack or her locker. And um, Maybe lunch was the next period. Oh. She didn't want to waste time going to her locker. That, She's excited like, to get to yeah, lunch and say Jimmy point. Moon and Dwight. <laughs> uh, well, the main thing is that the lunch bags aren't like your standard brown paper lunch bags. They're like floral. floral. Yeah, they have like a floral design on them. Because Lucy's so special. Um, and then we have, uh, I think like a lot of the in-between scenes are Ruthie and Simon scenes, which are pointless. We're just, yeah, we can just kind of gloss over this now. So the whole thing is that, uh, Ruthie is looking for Huey and she's like, he's gone forever. And then she kind of messes with Simon because she's, Simon is like, oh, I, I see him. And then she is, like lists a bunch, is it, is he? And then she lists a bunch of characteristics and Simon is like, oh yeah. And she's like, well, that's not Huey because he's the exact opposite of that. Um, and they're, like, setting traps. They have a, set up a box that's propped up by, like, a tiny baseball bat, and underneath it it's got... Twinkies, ding-dongs, cookies, oatmeal raisins. I just didn't say, what was with Hostess Snack Cakes being named, like, ding-dongs, ho-hos, <laughs> devil dogs, yodels, Twinkies? Like, a lot of them sounded like euphemisms, and then... For body parts. Yeah, or, like, just, like, ho-hos, or, like, devil dogs. <laughs> Well, you know what a devil dog is. Um, yeah. So I just, what was up with that? Does it, I don't know. It seems, it seems strange. But um, these, of course, are difficult to get now since the hostess company went bankrupt and then came back or something. I don't know. Uh, but the point being, Simon's like kind of, I guess, feeling guilty because he thinks oh, that Wait, the there reason- are also these very obviously fake oh, plastic right, yeah. cookies arranged with the real cookies and the Twinkies and stuff. So... Nice. Not very good job in the set dressing department there, 7th Heaven. Um, Maybe they thought because he's imaginary he eats fake food. I'm thinking (laughs) I'm reading too much into this. (laughs) The point being that Simon's feeling really guilty because he thinks that, like, he's the reason that uh, who he's gone away. And Ruthie's more so like, oh, it's fine, whatever, he's gone. Uh, But I think at a certain point there's, like, a, a conversation that Simon has with, like, the... Just the Rev. Yeah. And the Rev is like, oh, well, this is Ruthie's, like, grieving process. She's, like, too old for an imaginary friend now, and she's just going through, like, changes. And and that we just need to all go along with it because if this is what she needs to do to let go of her imaginary friend, then whatever. Um, but back to, like, the main storyline. Uh, they are at this coffee house, which is called Equator. And um, great. Um, and they're there to see the band because at some point Rachel dated the brother of the keyboardist or the 
keyboard key, player, so, player. Some, some very distant rela- like, <laughs> relationship yeah. there. Uh, one of the band members comes up to Rachel. they like, oh, it's so great to see each other. And then they're like, can you come up and sing with us? Because... Um, our lead singer hasn't showed up. And right before this scene, Matt, like, very conveniently, out of nowhere, says, oh, uh, Mary's uh, a great, great singer. singer. Yeah. We have never, ever, in, the, in like, the past 20 episodes, have well, any she did. I did say she did sing that in that one episode where Jimmy Moon and Lucy have their first date. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. She sings with the Rev, but it's more like a... Like, you get the idea, it's just, you know, I don't know. You, you didn't get the idea from that that she's super talented. But um, apparently this is, like, the most contrived storyline because Rachel's like, well... Um, Maybe this will be a night to remember after all. Yeah, and Mary goes up and starts singing. Oh, wait, the guy's like, oh, what kind of music oh, do you sing? Like, oh, uh, mostly, primarily jazz and blues. I'm like, okay, no. Mary. No, no. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so there is singing that happens. <laughs> Please remember that Mary is 14 years old in this episode, uh, and she is singing with a band um, of grown men, <laughs> most of whom have earrings. Have interesting earrings and super long hair and, you know, band guys. Guys, exactly. Um, and yeah, then we have Jessica Biel singing on television. And while this is going... <laughs> I know, I just can't get over that, but um, then... While she's singing, of course, Matt and Rachel are alone, and Rachel goes, what's a lady got to do to get a dance? So I, I think Matt says, like, I don't know how to dance, and she's like, oh, that's great, I'll teach you, and then they get up and they dance, and they gaze into each other's eyes, and the entire... The, well, later on, we, we get the idea that Mary was watching the whole thing, but she seems super into the song she's singing yeah. while all of, while the scene is going on. All so. of her nerves are gone. She's, like, totally commanding the stage. Oh, yeah, she she acts before she gets on the stage. She's like, oh, I can't. I'm so nervous. I've never sang in public before. Well, nope. apparently as soon as she, she thrives on the, the energy of live performance. And we have the most awkward scene of Mary singing in the background and Matt and <laughs> Rachel... <laughs> Like dancing, and Rachel's like so content in Matt's arms, and Matt's like horrified uh, in Rachel's arms, and they're like, oh, you can only see half of each of their faces because their faces are so like they're in each, each other's, other's like shoulders. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> but the next scene basically is a Mary, Mary and Matt entering the house, and Ma- Mary calling Matt out. She's like, "This was a date." You're like you were on a date with your like our mom's best friend, and and Matt denies it for like a second, and then he's like, yeah, it was a date. Um, so Matt very quickly changes his mind about what that was, and then dun, as, this, dun, dun. as this conversation is happening, they walk in, and there's the Rev sitting in darkness in the kitchen, which is he, why they were still having this conversation. They didn't think anyone was around. Slicing apples, and then. I think, they, like, someone says, like, oh, what are you doing here? And he was like, I was just enjoying a delicious piece of fruit but before now you I'm, walked in. But now I'm having heart failure. Yeah. So he asked Mary to leave, and then they have a conversation. Like, Matt and the Rev have this conversation. And my whole thing is people do not react like they should in this episode because... Or any episode. Oh, yeah. That, depending on the circumstances, like, this is a thing you would think. The Rev hears that, you know, Matt and this 40-something-year-old woman are, you know, in a relationship or he's like a, a tra- he thinks they yeah. were on a date and the rev is just like so calm. He doesn't yell at me, you know. That's usually in a situation where you think the rev would be like, "What were you thinking?" <laughs> or but, like anything, any type of reaction whatsoever, but he like matches says, um, you know, like if you like I you probably won't believe me, but I didn't make a pass on her, she made a pass at me. And he's like, "Oh, well actually, you know, because I know Rachel's boy crazy." That makes sense. And but like he's like they have a very calm conversation about who should tell Annie what's happening. Uh, and, like, nothing is... I, like, from my, like, memory of this conversation, nothing is said about... Like, he's like, well, what are we, what are we going to do? And Matt's like, well, I am, like, attracted to her. Right. Well, well, Matt says to the Rev, oh, well, you were never attracted to any of your mother's friends? And I don't think that this is a... Nor- like, is being attracted to your parents' friends a thing that happens like i can understand maybe like being attracted to your older brother older sister's friends right right like but your parents friends is that's a very different and then the rev is like well actually yeah i was attracted to my and my parents friends and like his parents are 
the Ruth and the Colonel. So And he's attracted to Ruth's friend, who is the Admiral's wife. Which I think, again, it's just like the Admiral's wife because I feel like, I don't know, I'm not going to say it. All right, I'll say it. In the, like, in the, I feel like military like wives are like relegated just to being like military, military wives. wives. Like they have no identity. It's the it's the admiral's wife. But like, there's what the what the rev should be doing is cutting this conversation short and being like, this ends now. Like you, this does this does not go on any longer. I don't care that you like are actually attracted to her. Um, this is not okay. He should also then be making sure that like this chick stays the fuck away from his family. Yeah. Because she's, like, actively pursuing his son. And she, she moved in, just, like, moved in the neighborhood just to be near this family. But instead, they're like, uh, we should just wait until maybe she says something to yeah, Annie. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll let this play itself out. Which is such bullshit, but what the fuck ever. Especially because the next scene is freaking, they, uh, is Mary being like, oh, guess what? Uh, it's, this is the next morning now, and it's breakfast. She gets a phone call, and then she gets off the phone, and... Yeah, and she's like, uh, the lead singer still hasn't showed up. They want me, they like me so much that they want me to sing again, and, uh, nobody knew, like, nobody from, as in, like, the Rev and Annie did not know that she was singing the last time, and they're like, I... They freak out. They're like, you sang last night with a band? And you're 14, and, like, blah, blah, blah. And they freak out about this. This is what's, what's concerning them. And, like, yeah, and Annie, like, flips out. She's like, this is not something you should be doing, which is such a... And, like, the Rev is sitting there, all quiet, like, n- as if that conversation that he had with Matt last night about the fact that Annie's best friend was making a move on their son has not happened. Right. He, he's sitting there just as outraged about Mary singing on the stage. So then, like, Mary leaves, and then they're kind of discussing whether or not they're going to let her do it. And then the Rev says something about them being in the audience. Oh, no, or Annie's... No, the Rev says something about them being in the audience, and Annie was like, oh, we would go... And the Rev was like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, she's not going to do it. You know, she's not going to go to a coffee house and sing with a band by herself. Uh, so we kind of missed one thing, but uh, at some point... I don't know. I don't even know when this happens, though, and it yeah. doesn't really matter. But, like, uh, at some point in the night, I guess, while, like, singing and dancing is happening, uh, all the way Oh, yeah, I guess town, it's simultaneously. Yeah, um, Lucy gets a phone call. Lucy calls Suzanne and be like, you weren't at school today. What happened? And Suzanne's crying because uh, she, her mom presumably got the job at the, at the car dealership, and they're moving. Yes, it actually is as far as the Rev. It's two hours away, Yeah, it's two hours away, which is what the Rev had said when he found out. Um, And my only really, other than this, like, between Lucy's fake crying and Suzanne's fake crying, it was just so bad. And, like, the tears just appear. Like, it cuts away from Lucy, and then it cuts back, and there's just one tear (laughs) streaming down her face. And then I also just noticed Lucy's on her bed at this point, and she's got her feet, like, up over her head. And you can see the bottom of her sneakers, and they are, like, so clearly just, you know, wardrobe <laughs> because <laughs> there's not a single mark on them. So, I don't know. It ruins the TV magic because it's too magical. So then that morning, uh, Lucy goes up to Annie's like, you know, I've decided that um, because she's leaving, I'm going to, like, slowly, like, break away from Suzanne um, so the breakup isn't as hard. The best friend breakup. Is what she calls it. And... <laughs> Um, and he's like, well, that's like, that's not what you should be doing. You should be spending as much time together as you can. And they like have this like heart to heart about, oh, why did Annie and Rachel lose touch? Maybe it's because your best friend is maybe kind of a pedophile, but like, um, yeah. And then, oh, there's a line though that I did write down that I really appreciated because Annie goes, because Lucy's just like whining about her life and how much it's going to suck with uh, Suzanne not being there. She's like, you're depressing me. So go go to school. (laughs) And And she brings... Two lunches again in, in the floral paper bags, and then when it shows her at school with meeting Suzanne, the, there's no more floral print on the bag. So continu- big continuity error there because I think it's the next scene. It's like literally it, it, the next it, it, scene, It cuts yeah. to the school, and she's there, she's there with totally different bags. And at school, Suzanne is like, Today's my, like, I'm not even coming to school today. I'm just here to get my, like, I don't need lunch today. So, again, two lunches that go to waste. Mm -mm. Um, And she's like, I'm just here to get my, like, stuff out of my locker and to get my school records for the transfer. So, because she's like, oh, my my mom has to, like, we have to go look. Oh, she says, like, I wasn't in school because I was looking for apartments with my mom. But for some reason, the move is urgent. They need to go now. 
Um, so, and she, oh, and Lucy, like, is like, oh, okay, but we should still be spending time together, so you should come tonight. Oh, yes, because in the conversation where the Rev told Simon that, like, this is the way that Ruthie needs to mourn, like, the loss of her innocence or the imaginary friend. Um, I think this, this, there's a great deal of symbolism in this episode. Um, so they're having a, a farewell party for Huey. Um, so Lucy's like, oh, come over tonight because, you know, we can say goodbye. And just like they're saying goodbye to Huey. And she, and Suzanne's like, I can't, I have to go spend time with my dad or something. I told him I would see him tonight. So her dad who, Never came around before, but now she's got this devotion to him. Because the Rev has made such an impact on this man's life after beating him at up game of pool. Yes. Remember, that's how they, like, reconciled here. Yes. Um, so the next scene, only thing I wrote down, because you kept on repeating it, was this bitch. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I wrote down that this woman is just using the Camdens because Rachel comes over with her laundry yeah. after, like... I don't, she's used them for, like, eating breakfast with them. She comes over with her laundry, and she's like, and before, oh, do you have, like, I don't even have detergent or, like, dryer sheets or fabric softener. Um, when she was using them before, she was there for breakfast because she had to drive the, she needed their car. Oh, yeah, she was using their, like, she needed to borrow their car for something. So she basically has been using them and hitting on their son, and they still are like, oh, it's so great that Rachel's here. So Annie, um, as they're walking, it's kind of like a weird thing that they never do on Seventh Heaven, but they're having this conversation while they're walking through the house, like from the front door to wherever the laundry room is, and... uh, Annie's confronting um, Rachel about Mary singing uh, at the coffee house the night before, but she's like, but uh, Rachel, like, misunderstands and thinks that Annie's confronting Rachel about Matt. So Rachel lies and says... Either that or I, I don't know if she necessarily thought that it was about Matt, but she might have just been trying to get the heat off of her right, because, before. like, Annie was angry that Mary sang and that she let her do that. But uh, she basically says, oh, um, you know, I, do we have to talk about this? But really what it, like, you know, Matt hit on... Like, Matt made a pass at me. Yeah. And which is definitely... Which is the farthest thing from the truth. It's, and she's like, oh... It was flattering and all, but I just don't think it's appropriate and whatever, all this bullshit, and I was just sitting here, this bitch. Yeah, constantly repeating this bitch, and that's what I wrote down. Um, The very next scene that I have is that, uh, oh, well, the part, like, Annie's setting up for the party, and Matt's, uh, Matt comes in, and he's like, okay, can we, like, can you tell me what's going on? Yeah, like, like, what time are we going to the coffee house or something? Like, who am I driving, like... And oh, he says something about when I need to leave to pick up Rachel. Mm-hmm. And Annie is like, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, and then she basically confronts him with everything Rachel told her. And Matt just stands there and takes it and is like, oh, I understand completely. And they're like, oh, you're grounded. Um, it's like, Matt, like, yeah. I was like, Matt, why aren't you defending yourself? Like, why um, aren't you saying anything about how that's not at all what happened? Yeah. Uh, um, uh, but we find out later. So then we have Mary and Lucy in their room, and Mary is going through her closet. Wait, uh, Lucy is just sitting on her bed, staring straight ahead, not paying attention. Mary is pulling outfits out of her closet and like being like, "Oh, what about this for tonight?" And uh, Lucy just keeps repeating, "Oh, you'll look great, whatever." And then Mary's like, "Oh, what if I shaved my head?" And she said, repeats the same thing. So Mary is like, "You have to snap out of this, like." you know, you're going to go to high school next year and you'll make new friends there. And Lucy's like, great, I'm going to go to a new school where I don't know anyone and I'm not even going to have my best friend. And my sister is like the star basketball player. Yeah, because Mary says, she was like, I'll be there for you. And she's like, oh, but you're the star basketball player and you're not going to be friends with me or something. Um, And she's like, no, I'll be your friend, like I promise. But then immediately after that, Matt comes in and he's like, oh, we need to talk. I need, like, do you know that mom and dad are coming to your, like, singing show thing? And she's like, what? No. And uh, Matt's like, well, like, he ma- they have, like, this conversation with their eyes where they clearly have to talk about something. So Mary goes to uh, to Lucy. Like, give us a minute alone or something. And then <laughs> Mary, uh, Lucy's who continues to be the worst, is like. Guess what she does. Guess. Guess. 
She doesn't just leave the room. She, she storms because Lucy is the worst. Because the world absolutely must revolve around Lucy. So she's like, oh, what a great friend you're going to be. I can't wait until yeah, high school. Yeah, she's like, our friendship's off to a great start. High school's going to be great. And she storms out. So then, uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just remember this conversation. Mary and Matt have this yes, conversation. the worst. Probably the worst thing that's ever been on TV. So, um... Matt, like, explains to Mary the whole thing about Ma, like, mom. Ma, about Mom, about, like... Annie's misunderstanding. Yeah, of- well, because Rachel lied and said that she had, he had made the pass on her when it was the other way around. And uh, he goes, Mom just thinks, you know, guys will be guys, so she thinks that, like... It was me. There's yeah. no point in trying to defend myself. And he's, and Mary said that's, like... Well, she basically says that's nonsense, that that's not, like... She was like, well, you're not just any guy. So she actually doesn't even say that. She's yeah. just like, well, Matt, you're not a normal guy. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, you're a nice guy, and that's just a sexist assumption to make. And then Matt goes, well, it's fine. Like, that's why men are men, because men can take it. Yeah, he's like, it's... <laughs> men can take it. That's the... Like, it's all bad. Yeah, it's all bad. so many... Ba- everything is bad here. Like, first of all, guys will be guys. Yes, then no one should ever say that. that no one should ever say ever. that. Next, like... It's a I, sexist assumption. That guys will be guys. Um, and then next, that men can take all of the shit piled right, on right. them. That's, that's why, like, it's it, there's no girls will be girls because they wouldn't be able to handle it if someone implied that there was a, a, a set of attributes that only applied to women. So, but men can take it. Um, and then... Which is also just a generalization and it's a, a sexist assumption, as Mary would say. And then the Rev comes in, and the Rev has presumably had a conversation with Annie, uh, and now he knows that also that... Uh, and now he kicks Mary out of her room, yeah. which I think, as I said when we were watching this, I was like, why don't they just go talk in Matt's room so they don't have to kick Lucy out of her room? And then the Rev comes in and kicks Mary out of the room, so then the Rev and Matt are just having this conversation in Lucy and Mary's room. And the uh, Rev has now found out that Rachel has lied to Annie, but has done nothing to tell Annie about the truth of what's actually going on. And and the whole conversation with Matt, they're like, oh, we should still let it play. I think... I think it's like their, their whole plan is to get Rachel to come clean about it. Like, they don't want to be the ones to... Well, I can... I don't really think that this is okay because they let it get too far, but I understand why they would want Rachel to be the one to say this to Annie because, like, it's not their friend, like, and that could put... I don't I mean, it's going to be a rocky relationship yeah, from here on is, out anyway. Yeah, but it so. isn't something as minor... Like, but the person that's doing the wrong thing, as in, like, hitting on a 17-year-old, is never going to... Like, uh, uh, <laughs> other than the world of fucking Seventh Heaven, is never going to admit that they've been hitting on a 17-year-old. Seven, yeah. Like, it's not something as, like, simple as, like, oh, I accidentally took this cookie out of a cookie jar. It's my fault. No, it's, like... it. It's... Accidentally takes a cookie at Oh, like, you know, whatever, right? It's a bigger wrong than just, like, something where you want the person to fess up. But the point being that the Rev... The Rev has a plan, though, as he always does. But he's like, you know what? I don't think I should be the one to tell her now. I think you have to be the one that tells her the truth. Which, what? I just... I'm so upset. So so then we get... Um, we get, um, to to see the goodbye party for Huey. Which Suzanne also shows up at. Yes, they're, they're, everyone's sitting there and then, like, it's a last minute. Oh, Rachel's also there. Actually, I said, the door, so there's a knock at the door, Lucy goes and answers it, it's, it's Rachel. And then no sooner than, like, she turns away, she's not even two steps away from the door, it, someone knocks again. And I was like, did she, she just slammed the door and whoever's at the door and it's, and it's Suzanne. So, um, they have this, like, ice cream and it's a big celebration and the the Rev is standing there like it's a funeral and um gives this speech about sermon about how great well actually I forget it starts out with like the great things about Hui but then like the Rev sees it as an opportunity to kind of um make Annie see and make Rachel see that something is like going on he's like Hui was a great friend but sometimes he lied to like protect his friends so somehow Rachel and Annie start like making weird eye contact during this really long speech 
Um, but then also in the speech, um, Ruthie jumps up and is like, who Ruthie. is here? And so I guess Ruthie's not going to let go of her imaginary friend and he's not going to lose her innocence. Congratulations, <laughs> Ruthie. Um, and that's great. That storyline is resolved. Um, and at the, the one thing I'm going to mention before we get to like the ending is that it's time for ice cream, but the ice cream has been sitting there the entire time. So it's probably soup now. Yeah. That, not, not a good, well, they could have been, sometimes you got to let it soften up, you know, well. Whatever. But so then, while everyone else is having their ice cream, Annie and Rachel go to the kitchen, and be- Rachel is like, I need to tell you. Because the ref's speech was so moving about Huey, the imaginary person. She's like, and here we go, another super problematic scene. Oh, my God. Where Rachel admits to everything, and then Annie gets, uh, you know, pissed off, and, and she's like, I can't, you know, can't believe you would do this, and then lie to me about it. And then she's like, you need to get your light, you know, you, why don't you focus on, she, she, okay, good thing. She says, why don't you focus on yourself for a while and get your own life in order? And then she goes, because then you'll find a man. Yeah, like, why is it all, there's so many things that are wrong. Why is it all about um, this, why is it all about Rachel getting a, a man? Yeah, like, why can't she just be, like, single? Why? She is, obviously needs some time to herself. Yeah. She's been divorced twice, you know, she's like... And why does she need, need to fix herself to get a man? Then there's, like, kind of an okay line, maybe, where she's like, you realize that if this was, like, a 40-year-old man hitting on Mary, that we'd, like, call the cops. And, right. And, like... Well, like, I feel like 17 could be the age of consent in most places. Yeah, I guess 16 is, is Seven, like, usually... Uh, yeah. 17 definitely is. is like, he's yeah, definitely, yeah. like, above the age of consent, so... Oh, uh, yeah. So it could but be, the thing is, but Mary is under it. So. Yeah, but the thing is, they're still, like, they're, they're still allowing uh, Rachel to be in their life. Um, and, like... Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, she, does she never come back? <laughs> we will never see Rachel again. We never see Rachel. Got it. Got it. Even though so, she lives, like, walking distance away from them. She must um, move shortly after this. Well, good. Um... But yeah, uh, then we oh then we have okay so it's the starts, shocker of the episode oh, oh god so it's Suzanne's wait oh yes. as Suzanne is leaving the house Suzanne thinks that that speech was about her yes <laughs> and so Suzanne's like oh clearly you know about the thing like I'm so sorry Jimmy Lucy. must have told you yeah. and Lucy's like what she's like that Jimmy Moon and I kissed. <laughs> <laughs> you screamed. I screamed. You screamed. I, I screamed. did too. I, I forgot about it too. So I was like, oh. And then, okay, here's the, the biggest like character error too. Lucy kind of just like like gasps, and but then doesn't freak out. She just like waits for more information, which is a thing Lucy would never do. She would probably scream and storm away and not wait for any further details. But Suzanne is like, oh, well, let me like explain. And Lucy's like, oh, please do. Uh, and Suzanne's like, it was in kindergarten. So you would think we were kind of like, well, this is a little less, you know, controversial. But then Suzanne leaves, and Lucy. I forget, she walks by like the Rev and Annie, and she's like, Jimmy Moon is a dead man. <laughs> and I'm like, it was, it was kindergarten. kindergarten. Calm the fuck down, Lucy. So then our final scene of the episode. We have two final scenes. Okay, I was like the exterior shot of the coffee house. <laughs> no, no. The right. last one, one, we have a scene before the coffee house scene, which is Matt and Rachel having their last scene together. Ugh. I don't even remember. I don't what even happened. remember what, the, what happened in that scene. I think I was too like in a rage spiral about this episode to like actually pay attention at this well, point. Well, they say goodbye or something. And yeah. I, oh, she apologizes to. She apologized. To, is, this is the first time I think that their uh, appropriate apologies have been issued to all of the people to whom they are owed. Mm-hmm. So she apologized to Annie, and then she apologizes to Matt for hitting on him, and then lying to his parents about it. Um, and that's it. Like it's like okay, whatever. He won't do that again. Um, and then we get an exterior shot of the coffee house, and you hear... R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Yep, she's singing Aretha Franklin. Sort of. It's kind of just, like, screaming. Um, and, and you get the... We get, you know, the Rev and Annie sitting very proudly watching her at a table, and she is, like, dancing, if she's you can so call into it, it that. She's, she's so into it. Yeah. She's commanding that stage. This and is when Justin Timberlake, he watched this episode, and he was like, that's the woman of my dreams. I am going to marry. She's going to be the mother of my children. We are going to sing beautiful duets. Um, and this random man is like, wow, that girl's hot. 
And the Rev and Annie turn around, and it's like, that's my 14-year-old daughter, and my husband's a minister. Um, and then th- these two assholes flip it on yeah, the Rev and they're Annie. They're like, you'd allow your 14-year-old daughter to be on a, be on a coffee house stage and sing a song like that? With those men? With, yeah. And it's like, no, dude. It's your responsibility not to fucking ogle her. Yes. It's not her parents' yes. responsibility to like, keep her from, like... I think it's perfectly... It's not, like, it's... Yes, if, if if she wants to perform with this band, then her parents are like, okay, it should be an okay thing that she can do without, you know, this happening. But <sighs> these men are like, well, it's not our fault. These men, the boys will be boys, boys. and they'll they can take it though. They so. need. They have every right to look at her if like they if she puts if she, herself yeah, on stage like that. Yeah, she presented herself to them for them to uh, <sighs> admire and also. Yeah. Uh. Uh, but anyway, this the show ends with a freeze frame of <laughs> Mary singing R-E-S-P-E-C. It was great. It and, was great. And that is the end of the episode. So what are you rating it? Okay, so like I'm really uh You're conflicted. I'm conflicted. Because there were moments it was so good for so many reasons, but also so bad yeah, for so many reasons. Yeah, it was really it was a really good episode. Oh, but Brenda like, Hampton wrote it was Brenda Hampton and Sue Tenney who also writes a lot of the episodes. Sue Tenney I think writes the majority of them. But Brenda Hampton put put these were Put, put, had to have put at least some of the problematic <laughs> words into the script. Yeah, this like I don't like it because of the problematic words, but it was just like it added so much for me to talk about, think about, and scream about. So I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna rate it the same as I rated the last episode, which is a four point five. All right, I'm gonna upgrade mine because it was a four. I'm gonna upgrade it to a four point five. I would say it still was a pretty solid. Like, yes. You know, it it, in, it induced um, like visceral reactions from you yes um and myself as well that's when we found out that suzanne kissed jimmy moon so yeah that's it for uh season one episode 20 we only have two more left in season one so and it's a two-part finale it's a two-part finale so the next episode is going to be um the first of the uh the the first episode of the finale and as you will come to learn in the first like five or six seasons at least uh, Seventh Heaven always does a two-part finale, so Ooh. we're getting our first two-part finale um, next time. So tune in for that. Um, and in the meantime, please subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us, and review us. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Camden Cast Show. Like us on Facebook, and follow us on Tumblr, please. Uh, and I'm Tambi, and I'm Erin, and this was Camden Cast. Smiling back at me, Seventh Heaven.